spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Really interesting issue, a matter of student privacy and parental consent. A quote that's been heard more than once. I was the last to find out. So say some parents across America when hearing about their own child's gender identity. There's a Washington Post piece that put this on my radar. It's posted at Smirconish.com. It's in the newsletter today. Countless stories of parents, teachers, school administrators, even several lawsuits that raise this question. What's the responsibility of schools to involve parents when a child confides that they are struggling with gender identity. Uh, Donna St. George wrote this. Here's an anecdote that opens up the piece. Alexander Batson came out at school to an English teacher. The revelation was made in a short letter on a piece of lined notebook paper handed to the teacher as the eighth grader left class one day. The teen explained that while they were assigned female At birth, they identified as transgender and gender fluid. Batson remembers the teacher's reaction, quote, just come to me at the beginning of class and let me know what name and pronouns you want to go by for that day. It was better than Batson expected, not only acceptance by someone who was able to wrap their head around the situation. Still, it was six months before the teenager told their parents You fear the worst, said Batson, who is now 20 years old. In other words, is a child's confidentiality and privacy a priority, or is it ultimately a parent's knowledge and consent that matters the most? There are a whole host of legal and ethical issues that are wrapped up in this. Dr. Erica Anderson understands them. A clinical psychologist, former professor of graduate psychology at the John F. Kennedy University, is here with us today. She is transgender and former president of the U.S. Professional Association of Transgender Health. She believes that the answer does not involve leaving parents out of the conversation. Dr. Anderson, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. It's a great pleasure, Michael. So in this Washington Post piece, you are quoted, you were consulted, and you compared not telling parents to kicking a can down the road saying, it only postpones, in my opinion, and aggravates any conflict that may exist. Is not disclosing these conversations with students to parents harmful? 
Well, it's a complicated issue, as you're implying. Every child deserves to be loved and accepted. And, of course, some LGBTQ youth do not feel safe disclosing to other people what's going on with them. Some educators, obviously, have in their zeal to protect children and provide a safe haven for them, have withheld information from parents. And uh, in my view, regrettably, some districts have uh, put it in policy that it's permissible for educators to withhold such information from parents. I don't think that's the right approach. I think it's misguided. It runs counter to our historic traditions of relationships between educators and parents who ideally are forging a collaboration to support each child. And that's what I think should happen. I think, uh, I think teachers should find a way to communicate with, uh, with parents. Uh, I would say probably all of us who are adults know that there are many kids who are afraid to tell their, ki- their parents all kinds of things. And we wouldn't, in a school setting, agree to withhold from parents other important information if a child was going to be suspended uh, from school and asked that the school not disclose this to the parents, the school wouldn't agree to, to do that. And yet uh, doing this with gender issues is e- even a more complicated uh, problem. I've helped many hundreds of kids um, and brokered such conversation with their parents and facilitated the transition of many hundreds of gender variant and gender questioning youth. But it's a complicated issue, and I don't think it should be handled uh, solo by educators alone. Given your own background, some might find your opinion a surprise. You know, perhaps they had anticipated after I provided your bio that you would say in cases such as this, no, the school needs to maintain the confidentiality of the student. So uh, which, by the way, makes you all the better guest to present this. Well, thank you. I, I, like you, I'm trying to be here in the middle, being objective and listening to everybody. I've heard the stories of many parents who, in anguish, tell me that they find out retrospectively that this has been going on with their child, they've been gender questioning, or, or that the school has even facilitated a social transition with uh, preferred name and pronouns. And all that does is postpone things. Um, parents don't like to be out of the loop on important matters related to their children. And I I don't think I'm not a lawyer. You are, but I I don't think, uh, I don't think school districts are going to win if, if they're challenged on these practices, because uh, we, we are obligated to disclose to parents all kinds of things about, about their kids. As a psychologist, for example, I'm theoretically obligated to disclose anything that's important to parents, even though a child might be nervous about it. And I certainly understand that, and I work with such kids. But, but in the end, uh, parents have the responsibility for, for their children, and they should. And what we want to do is, is work together to help such children. What if, what if it's known that the parent is openly unsupportive of the LGBTQ community. Does that change things? It can. Yes, it can. And certainly there are such families, um, and it's very difficult. I think such children probably do confide in people at school, but we have remedies for uh, such issues, longstanding remedies at schools. Schools learn all kinds of things about problems at home with kids, and they take it upon themselves to try to do what they think is appropriate. 
We have mandatory reporting laws for uh, child abuse, suspected child abuse, by the way. I think you know that. So, you know, if we're concerned about the safety and well-being of a child, we're, we're obligated to intervene and teachers are obligated to intervene. But I don't think it's by withholding the information. Um, we need more acceptance in our society of, of gender questioning kids. Uh, but gender questioning kids are coming forward in numbers we've never seen before. All the surveys in, in the last year, Gallup, the Pew Research Foundation, a recent one from CDC and Williams Institute, say that this current generation of teenagers are questioning their gender and sexuality in numbers that we've never seen. And so there are, I think, a variety of things going on, and I don't think we can uh, lay blame primarily on parents or the uh, challenges that kids have in coming forward with these, uh, these disclosures. To Dr. Anderson's point, nearly 16% of people slightly older than today's teenagers, those in Gen Z, identify more broadly as LGBT, according to a Gallup poll, which is a striking increase from the generations before it. To, to go back to the hypothetical, even though I, I could offer several very tangible examples, how should this handle? How should it be handled? How should it flow? In other words, if if a a student with gender fluidity, and I'm trying to mark my own language and make sure that I'm, I'm saying exactly the things that I should be saying, brings to a teacher's knowledge what is going on, should it be the teacher who makes the parents aware of it, or should it be someone like you who is a, cl- a trained clinical psychologist? Well, of course, I would prefer somebody who has the training and experience to deal with a parent, particularly in the kind of situation you describe where there might be some legitimate fear on the part of the the child uh, about these issues. Many schools have counselors and and school psychologists, and and probably they're better equipped than than the average teacher to to do this. And sometimes uh, schools have have internal sort of team meetings to discuss situations and uh, discuss how to proceed. Uh, We have a time-honored practice of having parent-teacher conferences about all kinds of issues with students. And it seems to me that this this would be deserving of such a conference where if it's a school psychologist or a counselor or even an outside consultant like me um, engaged, that you call the the parents in and and explain to them what's going on and uh, offer to help uh, deal with this. I don't think what? the solution long term is to is to just uh, treat the the child as though they live in two different worlds, one at school and one at home. So, what does that conversation look or sound like? The conversation between a trained professional such as yourself, or maybe because there's not a clinical psychologist available, it's the teacher broaching this subject with parents who are out of the loop. Yeah. Well, I, I've had many experiences where uh, kids take it upon themselves to do it. Uh, without any adult, they, they, they go to their parents. Some kids actually go to their parents pretty early when they're questioning their gender, um, uh, and I've seen that. But I think the, the, uh, the issue with, with parents who are maybe not receptive is, is among the most challenging things that, that I deal with. Um, there are some parents who really do have prejudice uh, against these kinds of issues, and they don't want their child to be given a label that's a gender minority or sexual minority. And that's, it's really tough. 
is one of the is one of the uh, uh, the silver linings of this increase reported sixteen percent of those slightly older than today's teens. Is it making it easier for classmates? I, I guess I'm thinking about the student who brings this to family's attention, brings it to the teacher's attention, still needs to, you know, not be ostracized and make sure is treated appropriately by classmates. Is that getting better? Yes, I think it is. In most cases, you know, schools are more welcoming and accepting of uh, these labels and identities than ever before. I think that's one of the reasons why kids feel safer disclosing things at school. A lot of schools have gone through training to become more knowledgeable about um, sexual and gender minorities and how to deal with these issues with kids. And that's all to the good. I've been participant in the effort to make the world a better place for for trans and gender questioning people. And I'm, I celebrate with others that greater acceptance. And so I think uh, giving children and, and teenagers a chance to express themselves is very, very important. Doing it in a safe way, very, very important. Doing it in a comprehensive way that includes everybody in the child's life, ultimately, very, very important. And finally, Dr. Anderson, the Post coverage pointed out that school systems are taking different approaches and practices are still evolving by way of illustration. In Colorado's Jeffco School District outside of Denver, officials honor names and pronouns that align with students' gender identities, but the 69,000 student system brings parents into the conversation as a way to support students, according to a spokesperson, pointing out that there's no real privacy in place if people are using new names and pronouns in school. In Maryland's largest school system, parent involvement is ideal but not required. Under the guidelines, we do support the student, says the director of the Student Welfare and Compliance Office with 159,000 students. If they are not out to their families, then we honor and we respect that. It's not about trying to keep secrets. I guess the question I would ask you is, is there uniformity in what you see out there across the country on this issue? No, absolutely not. And uh, uh, Donna at the Washington Post did a good job of uh, explaining that. I'm getting calls from attorneys from uh, various places in the country where districts have had in writing practice policies to to permit teachers to, to withhold this information from parents. It, I'm concerned about that. I like the, the approach that the district in Colorado and the one in Maryland are taking. I think they're they're more appropriate um, by emphasizing that, that parents do need to be brought in and, this, and the district has an ob- obligation to support the child by helping with that kind of, kind of conversation that we're talking about today. What's the other end of the extreme? Uh, districts, um, I've seen a policy in one district that will not name the district, but in a city in the Midwest where it expressly says, tes- says to teachers, if a child uh, comes forward with an LGBTQ, particularly trans uh, identity, and asks that the school not tell their parents, they will honor that request. And there's no limitation on that. So these situations do occur where a school would do that for a year, sometimes longer. I've heard as long as two years. And then what has happened is you've set up a, uh, a serious situation, a rupture, really, between the child and, and parents, 
And I've gotten involved in some of those situations, and they're much worse than dealing up front with uh, disclosure and conversation as it should be in families. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you shedding light on this situation. Thank you. My pleasure. Dr. Erica Anderson is a clinical psychologist, former professor of graduate psychology at the John F. Kennedy University, transgendered female, former president of the U.S. Professional Association for Transgender Health. She believes that the answer does not involve leaving parents out of the conversation. If I framed it as a survey, and I might tomorrow or Saturday or in the near future, I I would have asked it this way. Must a teacher or school share news of a student's gender transition with that student's parents. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the March Spring Sale, March 15th through the 25th, and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $28.92. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, get 35% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Uh, Chris, greetings. You are in Virginia. Thinking what on this subject? Hey, Michael, I'm just thinking worst case scenario here. Uh, I can't imagine if a, if, say a teacher was, you know, a child, could, a student confided in their teacher and kind of came out to them, right? And, uh, you know, that teacher holds on that information and this child takes their life with them let's say they had this information for a year year and a half and didn't disclose this as a parent and who knows if the parents would have been receptive if the student had that support of the teacher and you know other people backing them up in the presence of those parents i mean i, I just can't imagine that that scenario of being a parent and you're finding out your child took their life and then knowing that and it was and, right for something that for something related to a, a situation the teacher was aware of Yes, that that, that would you be were, uh, horrific. 
Well, here's okay. Here's a question, and I did not ask this of my guest. Does it matter how old the student is that we're talking about? Is the is the the fourth grade, eighth grade standard the same as if it's a senior? You know, if it's a no, senior, do you? It, no, I don't think it matters whether they've reached an age of majority or not. Meaning, if I, maybe they're seventeen, they're not eighteen. Does the same policy apply? Or if they're seventeen now, are you going to? slide that balance more toward student privacy and less toward parental consent no they're they're they're, they're children you're 17 years old you're a kid you're it doesn't a kid. matter I mean, that that does not matter to me you are a child and and i think i think the danger gets even worse when you get closer to that age right i, I mean i i think if you look at the data you know when you see the, the kids that are you know taking their lives that it's you know, it's it's probably within that fifteen to eighteen range. You know, with the, with the teenagers, so that that is really the red zone. I think. I mean, I think it's even more paramount at that point to, to so you know, bring bring other people I'm, in. I'm I'm hearing. Thank you, Chris. I'm hearing Chris. I'm hearing others. I'm looking at a board and seeing some opinion that is about to be delivered on the airwaves, where generally, and maybe this is not surprising about people who call this program. Um, they are of a mindset like Dr. Anderson, my guest, and say, yeah, the school's got to be sharing this. The Washington Post reports, surprising many families nationally, surprisingly many families nationally, public schools often don't inform parents when students socially transition. They see confidentiality as a priority, operating under gender identity guidelines that put student privacy and safety above family consent or knowledge. School leaders say there are good reasons for this approach, mainly to avoid outing kids who could be put in harm's way at home or aren't ready to tell their parents. They worry about family rejection and students' mental health. Transgender students are at a greater risk of suicide and substance abuse, According to the CDC, they're twice as likely to experience depressive symptoms. They, along with other LGBTQ youth, constitute a larger share of the foster care population and are at higher risk of homelessness. At least 18 states, along with Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico, have issued school guidance in some form focused on inclusion and treatment of transgender and gender nonconforming students so says the executive director of a group that advocates for LGBTQ issues in schools. Not all state guidance is as strong as it should be, says she. Hi, Seth. You're in Los Angeles. Give me the view from on the West Coast. So, so my son, last year, entering seventh grade, he goes to a very small school. I ask him, so what's up with the new kids? Any, any girls you like, this and that? He says, Dad, every girl says that they're gay or they're transgender. I said, everyone? He said, yes, every single one of them. Meanwhile, not one boy says that. By the middle of the first quarter, every boy and every girl, except for maybe one or two, are dating each other, in his words. They're dating each other. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Are the boys dating the girls and the girls dating the boys, or boys are dating boys and girls? Wait, say it again. I talked over you. Okay, the boys boys are are dating the girls. Got it. They all identified as being transgender. Not one of them, maybe one of them, was gay. But they all identified as being transgender because they saw it on TV. They thought it was cool. And I'm not diminishing people that are transgender or anything like that. What I'm saying to you is when I hear those numbers, it's 16 percent identified and this and that. I don't believe it. I think that they think it's cool. I think that they think it's the new thing. It's the it thing. And here's the other thing. None of them cared. If they were or they weren't, none of the students there cared. 
I also own a barbering school where we do have a lot of transgender people that show up, uh, mostly women. I, sometimes I can't tell if they're boys or they're, they're men or they're women. I can't even tell. The only way I can tell is because when they have to get financial aid, they have to use their real name. So then all of a sudden we say, oh, wait a second, you're, you're actually a boy or you're actually a girl we, or a woman or a man. We didn't even know. So I do see it on both ends. And nobody there cares either, at least in California. Nobody seems to care. They are what they are. Well, look, the good news is that the kids don't care. That's the good yeah. news, that, that, that it's all fine, whatever the answer is. But I, I must say, Seth, your lab experiment of how they all show up and, and are all trans until it's time now to you know have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and the dynamics immediately shift is pretty compelling and interesting. I don't know why 16% would separate, you know, Gen Z from any other generation. Of course, there's an acceptance difference, but would you would you expect to find the same number of trans individuals among those who are 60 plus as you would those who are 25 to 30? I I you know, you, there's nothing that's changed in the water that would cause more or less. Exactly. So it's got to be a societal view and or acceptance. Or, or they think it's cool when they're young kids. They think, oh, my God, it's so cool to be trans because they see so many new people that are trans that are really trans that are cool. Right. And so they think this is cool. I, I'm, I said to my son when I picked him up that day, I said, Hunter, there is no possible way that all the girls are gay or trans. I said, don't worry. The one you like, you might get an opportunity to date her. If she's, <laughs> you know, if, if, you know, if so inclined to date you. I right. don't Keep believe your- that they're all gay or trans, especially because the year before they weren't. You know, Keep your powder it, dry. Right. Something happened over the summer. It, exactly. I mean, it, it's it, it's just what I saw. I'm not, you know, by any means diminishing people's plight. And, no, and I, also, no, I no, no. It, it, no. You've presented it, uh, I think, fairly. It, live and let live is is my mindset. Yeah. That, but it's it's yeah. it's interesting nonetheless. And how a school should react to this? I mean, look in 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 Hunter's class, the teacher presumably should have shared that information if it was not known to the parents. Would that have been the right outcome? This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the March-Spring sale, March 15th through the 25th, and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $28.92. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, get 35% off all of our other colors. Stop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details.
Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Ladies and gentlemen, what a great conversation this is on a fascinating issue. Must a teacher, must a school share news, must they, of a student's gender transitioning with parents? Leanne is in Florida and weighing in on this. Hi, Leanne. Take the floor quickly. Hello, Michael. Um, I'm the parent of a transgender kid. Can you hear me, Michael? I can. Thanks for the call. Super. So I have a transgender kid, and I'm an advocate in the community for LGBTQ youth. And um, while I respect the what the former callers and Dr. Anderson, there's a real naivete that's going on here. We are we can't protect children from abusive parents who are unaccepting. We brought as an advocate, we recently brought a group of LGBTQ high school students to meet with our school superintendent in the wake of the Don't Say Gay bill. And the stories they told of unaccepting parents were harrowing, including an adult in one's household who made them sleep outside at night and would periodically lock them out of their houses. We also know that unaccepting parents will kick children out of the house, will physically abuse them and emotionally abuse them. And so people need to really understand this. Kids don't want to be transgender. It's not like you're in a cool club. We know that a lot of transgender youth aren't even going to school because they're bullied so badly. And I really want people to understand that. And I'm, I'm sensitive to the fact that if you don't know someone who's transgender and you don't talk to these kids, that you you won't understand it. But trust me, nobody wants to be transgender. And these kids that met with our superintendent said their worry about the Don't Say Gay bill was that school was the only safe place for them to be out because they were not safe at home. So what's the answer? One size doesn't fit all? You've got to take these on a case-by-case basis? Yeah, I I, I think so. But And and. You know, if a kid transitions to school because that's the only place they're safe, you know, let them be who they are at school. And and to think that you can tell parents and that we all just just be a more accepting is just naive, right? And so, yeah, it needs to be a case by case basis. And and like I said, I think the most moving thing to think about is the kids who said now they can't be safe at school and they're not even safe at home. Sad. I, I guess, you know, may, many of the callers are thinking they would hope to be accepting and supportive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then assuming that everybody else would be likewise when, in fact, that's not the, the case. Thank you, Leanne. I wish you good things. And I appreciate your phone call. Georgia, this is Joe standing by. Hi, Joe. Hello. Hi. Could you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, I, I'm a retired high school principal, and my take on it would be, no matter what I believe personally, would be that the uh, you follow the guidelines of your school system. And whatever those guidelines say, you follow. And when the um, – if, if a kid is over 18, that changes. Legally, you cannot disclose issues to parents at that point in time. But prior to that, I would think if your district said do it, then you, you – notify parents if it did not require that or say it then you could possibly take it on a case-by-case basis 
So I totally respect that. I think districts ought to have policies. Now, if I said to you, hey, Joe, you were a principal for many years. We want you involved in determining what the policy will be. What would you say? I would say for me personally, I think parents ought to be uh, notified of that. And that because we build that trust with parents and we work with them, and I would often tell kids when they would disclose things to me, will you keep this from my parents? I said, I've got to follow policy. i got to know what it is. And I said, if it's, a, if it's a minor issue, not so much. But if it's something of that magnitude, I would say parents need to be notified. Right. But you just heard Leanne call from Florida who says that she is a transgendered kid and she's very active in the community. And, and parents are just, in many instances, just openly hostile to this kind of news. They're not going yeah. to deal well with it. I agree with that, and that's a problem, and I think then you, you follow your school policies for how you report issues on parents, and the right. kids have to trust you enough still to make you aware of that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your insight. These are these are very complicated issues, aren't they? Michigan, Dan is standing by. Hi, Dan. Hey. I just wanted to uh, uh, say that, yeah, under HIPAA and Title IX, administrators and teachers do risk their jobs and other uh, penalties by disclosing that information to uh, parents. So it does cause issues. Um, and yeah, I've heard of issues with the yearbook and also graduation. Um, it gets to the end of the year. They don't want their name, their new name um, being pronounced ac- across the school to their parents. So it does create oh, a real e- problem. Hadn't even hadn't even thought of that. You're identified one way in school and a different way at home. Yep, same um, thing with the yearbook, just like that uh, other caller yeah. was talking. Well, I'm not sure if she yeah. mentioned it, but uh, their name, once it is changed, it is changed for the year, and they, then the administrators cannot inform the parents. It's up to the students to do that. Dan, so, can I say, I haven't, comes, yeah, I haven't thought it through, but I, I'm not sure you're right about there being HIPAA issues involved here, because a school is not a, a health care provider. Maybe you've looked at well, it. I, it I'm was just on offering... to my second point. Um, but yeah, yeah, correct. You're right. I'm not 100% about that. I just know that there is risk and worry. Um, I have a sister who is an administrator in Indiana. And so that's kind of the policy they go by. Got it. That's the worry that comes with it if they violate it. Understood. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it very much. Kentucky is next. That would be Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for all these calls, Hi. folks. I'm very appreciative. Hi, Sarah. Go ahead. Hi. So... It seems to me that a lot of this conversation revolves around what the parent is entitled to and what we're failing to consider when we discuss legitimate fears of students is that they have a fear. They have a perceived fear, regardless of whether we think it's legitimate or not, of their parent not being supportive. And if we remove their ability to tell a teacher in confidence And that information gets back to a parent who they were not prepared to tell. That fear is now absolutely legitimate. We have removed any safe place for a student to be able to discuss these things. And even if it's just simply a question of I'm concerned, maybe I'm I'm not straight or perhaps I'm trans and I'm not sure how to understand this. And they're not prepared to tell a parent and we do that for them, we've now increased the likelihood that this student does not receive the support that they need. We know that 
students, children, adults of the LGBTQ community are already at a high, high risk of unaliving themselves compared to children and students and adults who are straight. And now you've just removed their safe place. And then my next question is, is if they tell a teacher and a teacher is obligated to tell a parent, what if they tell a school counselor? Is a school counselor still going to good be a question. safe place for them? Yeah, good, good, good question as to whether the rule that whatever the rule is that we're coming up with here uh, for a teacher would necessarily apply to a guidance counselor or a psychologist or someone in a different capacity who's put there as a as a resource. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.